0: Hello, you're very welcome to another episode of F&I Rap Chat. You're here with Paul Webster today, riding solo. This is number 33. 33. It's a hard one for an, any Irish person to say. So yeah, we were, I went over to Galway. Uh, we've always we've been saying this for a while that we want to kind of get out of Dublin a bit more and make sure that we're kind of getting a fair represent, re- representation of uh, all Irish filmmakers and not, we just, we don't want to be kind of Dublin-centric. Um, so yeah, I was doing a. Uh, guest lecture over in my old college in GMIT and uh, it was a good excuse to try and get some episodes and uh, Flirt FM, the student radio there in NUIG, I used to DJ there so they very kindly uh, gave us the space for a couple of hours so I was able to get a few, a couple of uh, uh, interviews done so uh, very much appreciated. Um, myself and Paul we were just talking recently about you know, we really noticed with doing the show and we're, you know, we're trying to promote Irish films as much as we can. And just over the last while, there's been films, you know, there's been Irish films pretty much every week. Uh, so at the moment, you have The Meeting by Alan Genselin, which looks like an incredibly powerful film about restorative justice um, for a, a rape victim. So, yeah, going to try definitely going to try and get to that this week. Uh, I think on the 19th of October in the next couple of weeks, I think we have The Lonely Battle of Thomas Reed. Um, which looks like an incredible film, um kind of a landmark for expressive documentary. if you get a chance to have a look at the the trailer it's um, it looks quite stunning, so very much looking forward to that um, and yeah, you still have black forty seven still is smashing it in the box office uh, doing really well. You can go back to our episode with Pierce Ryan, one of the the co-writers on that, and you can kind of get the whole backstory of how the film Got, got into production. Um, we also have Rosie uh, by Paddy Brannock and uh, written by Roddy Doyle. That's out next week. So, yeah, really looking forward to that. So on today's show, we have Sarah Dillon, uh, formerly of the Film Board, which is now Screen Ireland, um, development executive there for a number of years. And she is now running the RAP devel- fund, Media fund for the west of Ireland. Uh, so she will go into a lot more detail on that. And uh, they are actually uh, have a deadline for development funding uh, for the 12th of October. And as we all know, there's not that many opportunities to get development funding. Um, Screal Ireland, and I think, are one of the only other bodies that, that do it. Uh, so if you're living in one of the western counties, you can avail of that. And uh, and they also have. Uh, funds which are kind of rolling out throughout the year. Uh, So yeah, we'll go to Sarah Dillon. Sarah Dillon, thank you so much for coming into the studio here in Galway.
1: Thank you for having me, Paul.
0: Uh, This is our first uh, time. We want to kind of get out of Dublin a bit more and Mm kind of open up. We don't want to just be a podcast about Dublin filmmakers, so we really appreciate you coming in. No problem. Um, West
1: is best, after all.
0: Yeah. (laughs) How are you uh, adjusting to the move to Galway?
1: Oh, well, I mean, I lived in Galway probably for nearly seven years Ah, when I originally started working um, with the film board. Okay. And then moved to Galway, or sorry, moved to Dublin for... Probably three and a half years, okay. but I'm originally from Athlone, so okay. halfway to everywhere, middle of nowhere. So I'm used yeah.
0: to yeah, traveling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yeah, loving being back on yeah. the west side of, of the coast again. So you're,
0: you're used to the weather, then. It's not
1: I'm, I'm used then. to the weather. We're waterproof after all. So good stuff.
0: And um, might just go back to the start of your career and how you first got it. Were you always? Did you always just love film?
1: Um, yes and no. It's it's slightly. I mean, it's funny when you use the word career. Um, it, it it kind of feels slightly accidental. Yeah. Um, I suppose you know. I consumed. I, I only kind of came to film. I suppose in my teens, I mean I would have been a child of the 80s so would have grown yeah. up on Spielberg and those kind of amazing, the Goonies and, and that kind of stuff and, and sit in the back when my brother you know, would have all his friends over watching Ghostbusters you know, yeah. and be absolutely enthralled yeah. and then um, as I kind of went into secondary school and stuff I became more into literature and particularly Irish literature and this amazing English teacher a lady called Mrs Lenehan who kind of created this huge appetite for, for Irish literature in particular and from there I kind of started to watch all these documentaries about kind of Irish, Irish poets and writers and yeah. I mean Ortega I think at the time um, used to do this great series kind of Arts Lives I think it was called yeah, so we that. used to kind of follow those things kind yeah. of to kind of get enough information when you were studying these poets and, and yeah. whatever yeah. and I remember seeing um, a Pat Collins documentary actually about Michael Hartnett called Necklace of Rains and I was absolutely floored by the whole thing. And I right. went, that's it, you know. So then, you know, things didn't really plan, go to plan in the way I wanted. I ended up going to study English and l- media in, right. in Limerick. Yeah. Um, and again, loved college and loved the academic side and, and kind of didn't want to leave. So I did another, did a master's in English literature after that. And then kind of found myself um, doing a bit of PR for, for companies and okay. stuff. Yeah. And... Um, and always kind of with the, the mindset that I would get into the media in some way. Yeah. Didn't really know, in you know, I, I didn't start off going. I, I desperately want to be a writer, or I desperately want to be a producer. Yeah. I kind of just felt my way along. Um, had aspirations of working for for one of the broadcasters or or like that. Yeah. Um, and then I ended up um, getting a job working for the Iftas for for a short time. Okay. Again, just in the kind of back office. Just yeah. kind of you know, at the time, I think everyone was sending in DVDs and right. kind of stocking up the DVDs on the shelves and, yeah. um, you know, being there for kind of one of their seasons. Yeah. And actually, it was a great introduction to, to film, particularly, because getting to know the names, getting to know what was out there. Um, and I did that for about six months. Yeah. And after that, um, I ended up going for the receptionist job at the Irish Film Board. Oh, OK. Um and it all loops back in a way, I went in for the interview and one of the people that was interviewing me was the development executive at the time, Paula Mulroe, who had actually lectured me in college okay. and had remembered me from college. Yeah. Although only, she'd only lectured me for a year. Yeah. Um, and that's where I started in the film board. Okay. So I started answering the phones, which again, yeah. huge, great way to kind of learn. Yeah. At, at, well, at, and that was at a time, I mean, that was back in, I think, 2009. So that was at a time when people rang Right. So yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know if there's the same flow of phone calls at this stage, but yeah. it, you know that was at a time when everybody picked up the phone when they had questions or needed to talk to somebody. Yeah. Um, you learn. Yeah. Everything there is to learn. Yeah. Particularly about the inner workings of an agency, like yeah. like the, the board at the time. Yeah. And, um, so it, yeah, I started working on the reception there, and as part of that, you know this. Also at the time it was postal delivery, so huge volumes of scripts oh, yeah. coming in for the development rounds, and there was this huge. I remember talking to Jill McGregor um, yeah. at the Film Board, who who looks after the short film schemes, yeah. amongst many things as well as the applications. And you know the excitement at, on deadline day, and yeah. there would be people like arriving at the office with these you know massive yeah. jiffy bags full of eighteen scripts and yeah. fifty two. You know you know yeah. 50, you know particularly if it was an animation and they had fifty two eps, and you yeah. know they had their yeah, budgets yeah. and they'd be carting in. You know and it was just this. It was fun in yeah, a way and yeah. so much stress in other ways, you know, and we'd be putting them into boxes and cataloging them together and kept them processed.
0: Logistical nightmare. It was,
1: was at the thing? time, yeah. but but again, no better woman than Jill McGregor as yeah. well to deal with logistics. Exactly. Um, and she had a very set system and, and we followed it. Yeah. Um. So that was where it all began. And at that point, I kind of, again, having had a background in English, um, you know, I was kind of allowed to kind of, you're allowed to follow your nose a little bit. And I started to kind of look at scripts as they were coming in and asking questions. And um, there was, at the time, Simon Perry was was the chief executive and it was the case of, well, take it home and read it. And, yeah. you know, and that's where it all began for me. And I started to kind of um, read, scrip- read scripts kind of on my own right. time yeah. um, um, with people's permission. Yeah. And I started to consume them
0: yeah.
1: a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's kind of where I suppose you'd call it... I mean, Andrew Meakin used to call it an apprenticeship. Yeah. And very quickly, actually, the the creative team changed within the film board. Um, So Paula and and Katie Lair at the time finished and um, Alan Mayer was hired as one of the production executives. Yeah. Andrew Meakin came in as a development executive and Emma Scott came in as another production executive. Mm. And then I joined that team as their kind of coordinator at the time. Yeah, yeah. So again, complete baptism of fire. Yeah. Um. And access to lots of scripts, lots of budgets, you know, consuming this information and working with these amazing people who had huge knowledge and just learning from them as I went along. I would say, you know, particularly on the documentary side, you know, I can blame Alan Marr for that, you know. Um, They were, they just took off. But yeah, really, really fortunate to work with these really committed, you know, inspiring people as well that kind of encouraged me to kind of follow that. Path as yeah, well, yeah. so a lot of it was just pure immersion, yeah. You know,
0: yeah. And like, were you kind of writing reports and providing coverage? At um, that
1: time? not initially, yeah. not initially, it was a you know, it was a very much an administrative role, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I said, you'd be at the meetings, you'd be taking minutes of the meetings, that kind of thing, so you'd have yeah. you'd be part of the conversation,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. And, and I suppose as. My skill, my skill level—for want of a better word—or yeah. um, my knowledge—and and again, I did a lot of courses and training. I did all the usual, mm. you know, these amazing screen turning Ireland courses yeah. and Robert McKee, and read all right. the books. And yeah. Yeah. Um, as my kind of skill level grew, yeah. you know, you you would be given a little bit more of a voice at the table. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that took a long time as well. I suppose that you know that wouldn't have happened overnight. That would have been for me over mm. the course of a couple of years.
0: Yeah. And when you were say assessing scripts and things mm-hmm. like that, would premise be your the most important or was it style or tone or
1: it's hard to say. I mean, you're always looking for things that you feel have an audience.
0: Right.
1: You know? And I always say to people, you can you can have an audience of you can have an art house audience which is a small audience, or you can be going after a commercial audience. Yeah. But you have to hit the bullseye, you know what I mean? There's so much content out there now, it's it's actually dizzying. Yeah. So f- it's always understanding where something fits, um, and also where it doesn't fit in a in a way. So so if you're pushing a boundary, mm. are you making the anti rom com in a way? Yeah. And you kind of go back to people's motivation for doing that. Look, like, well, and if they say to you, it's because I hate rom coms. Yeah. You kind of go, well, you kind of have to understand it to subvert it. Mm. Y- you know. So yeah. so yeah, yeah. A lot of it is around the audience and, and the prep the premise, as you say. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, thematically, what's it about, yeah. you know? And I also say the thing as well, it's like, where did the initial idea come from in a way? Because it's hard to, my mum has this saying, you know, it's 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 hard to dislike someone whose story you know. Right. So, yeah. you know, and I think Emmett's talked about it a few times, you know, hearing that story about Dublin Old School and about yeah. his brother. Yeah. You know, you're immediately hooked. Yeah. I remember, you know, Will Collins when he wrote his first, you know, I'm not sure what probably wasn't his first screenplay, but it was the first one that was developed by the Film Board. Yeah. You know, he talked about, you know, Bruce Gobbler and going back to his childhood and and you know the Atari song and you yeah. just kind of those kind of things grab you and right. you kind of know that they're coming from a, a genuine place as yeah. well. Yeah. So again, it, it's premise, its audience, its style, its tone, mm-hmm. and some hopefully those things. You know, all come together in a yeah, in a, in a yeah. perfect marriage. If something is supposed to be funny, you're gonna hope you're gonna laugh. Yeah, y- y- you know it's it's basics yeah. in, in a way. You'd, yeah. you'd you'd be surprised at how many unfunny comedies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do. You yeah, know, it's exactly. absolutely the hardest uh, genre of all of them. Yeah, in, in a way, you know, yeah. there are, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, in a comedy. Um, but then when they're great, you know, I remember when um, the young offenders came in as a kind of a rough cut. Like I, I think there was a couple of, a couple of, us like, I can't remember if it was a full rough cut or a kind of couple of scenes. Peter, forgive me if I'm if I'm telling yeah. the story wrong, but you know, it was the scene of the guy sitting on the bench and yeah. the two of them just kind of yeah. ad libbing back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And it was just devastatingly funny at yeah. the time, and it was like,
0: yeah. it was kind
1: of undeniable, you know. I yeah. mean, that that obviously project had been shot, but again, you have projects as well that just give you a genuine laugh. Yeah. On yeah. the page,
0: I think Mark Hamill has a real five or six laughs mm. for a comedy, and that's a pretty low bar. Mm. But I think, like, yeah, I remember watching Young Offenders, and I think it passed the five or six mark, but in a few minutes, so.
1: Sometimes, if you just get one off a yeah. of treatment, then you can go. Well, at least there's something yeah. here, you know, yeah, yeah. Or, or something that's quite clever. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's. it's, it's as I said, you know, the the good ones come to the top very quickly and they stand out in your mind and in your memory, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just start on audience, uh, and it's something I'm always trying to talk about on the podcast because it's something that filmmakers is kind of the last thing they think about. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's, maybe they shouldn't be thinking, maybe that is kind of, you know, that does come in. Mm-hmm. But would you have any tips on how filmmakers should be th- thinking about audience and how to get that across in say a pitch or a proposal
1: yeah I mean I don't think I get what you're saying a lot of filmmakers don't think about audience because ultimately they're thinking about their story and the story that they need to tell and but but there are certain things that will appeal to an audience at the end of the day um, if you make something like it's like making a podcast ultimately you need want people to listen to it yeah, yeah. you know so if you're making any kind of content you want it to be seen and be heard and to touch people yeah. in a way um, and I don't think audience is a dirty word, actually. Mm. I think, you know, I said again, whether it be, you know, something that's kind of quite niche in our house, there's still yeah. an audience for that then you find them in a particular way.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, when it comes back to your notes and stuff, don't be afraid to identify your audience and say, yeah. I mean, and I don't mean doing that in the kind of um, the, the kind of the jargon term, you know, it's a male skewed audience that are, you know, in the second, qua- you know, third quadrant, and they're over forty. Okay. You know, your film is probably going to appeal to the the grey pound, as they call it, or the pink pound, or yeah. You know, you're delivering. You want to f- meet the expectations of an audience, whoever you decide that they are. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you know a film will ultimately the best ones will be all things to all people. Yeah. But if you're, you know, if you're writing for your teenage self, you know, the kind yeah. of film that you would have. Love to have seen back then. Yeah, that's your audience. you, yeah. you know, often you're the audience as well. You know, yeah. um, so I think I've gone around in circles there and maybe no. not answered your question no, no, well. No. That's great, but I think notes are important. I think you know, yeah. understanding maybe. The backstory, and I don't mean the backstory of the film, I mean the backstory of how you came to the point of wanting to write that project. Yeah. And again, it doesn't have to be a film. It could be um, a, a TV drama, a short film, yeah. you know, documentary. You know, what motivates you to tell that story? Yeah. yeah, That's really important in your notes because you're communicating a little bit of yourself yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, often, you know, when, when people are, are looking at projects, certainly... You know, at, at the board, when or I should call it Screen Ireland now, it, you know, you were looking at probably 40 to 50 submissions a month. Yeah. So how do you stand out from the crowd? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, often you got three lines of, yes, this film needs to be developed further. Can you please give me the money to do it? And yeah. y- y- there was no identity to it. You got no self- sense of that writer.
0: Yeah.
1: And equally, you don't want someone's life story either. Yeah. yeah. But I always like that hook of, why tell this story now? Yeah.
0: You yeah. know? And I think it is overlooked—the mm. the writers' notes or the directors' notes—but mm. it's a great opportunity to kind of mm. get that across.
1: Mm. And everybody's different. I mean, I would sometimes read those first, right. you know, before yeah. I would yeah. go to the treatment. And yeah. um, it 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 differs. But you know, I often found myself going to the to the writer's notes and and the, you know, the notes that came with the supplementary material first. Right. And then looking at the treatment of the script. Because it kind of informs... Yeah. It's a guide as to how you want somebody to read it. Or having read it, it's a guide to how they should feel about it afterwards, you know. Yeah. And they may agree or disagree, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, How do you feel, kind of, do you ever get worried about cinema attendance or how do you feel Ireland does in general or you know I think we've had a good year this mm, year mm. but is it something that concerns you or you know
1: it, it does I mean and you know you go to all these panel sessions and it's all about new trends and yeah. you know there's a different buzzword kind of every 18 months or so and yeah. um, but I, I mean I, the other thing I, you know I do worry about is like where is the tipping point, you know, mm. there's such saturation now, you're consuming stuff on Netflix, audience are finding stuff on television, they're finding it everywhere, you yeah. know and every day there's a different TV project you have to see, or there's a different yeah. you know, and even, you know, younger audience are con- con- consuming stuff on YouTube um, so how will they consume stuff, you know, in, in a couple of years time? Yeah. I mean, I think cinema will always have a place, I hope yeah. it will always have a place, and I think you know, Irish audiences if they can... Get to it. will yeah. we'll go to see to have that experience in the cinema. Yeah, but yeah, I do. I do wonder where this. You know, where is the tipping point? You know, yeah. it has to be soon because yeah. we can't keep putting out all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. or can we? Um, and, yeah. you yeah. know, there's SVOD, VOD, online, yeah. brog, you know, regular kind of terrestrial television. Yeah. Then there's all the kind of stuff that's coming in on the subscription television. There's yeah. free y you, you know, yeah. it's all yeah. these all these things. And you're kind of going, at what point will people's brains start to implode? Yeah. Yeah. And they just want to go back to simpler things, yeah. you know?
0: And then, like, the financial, they, like, if you look at Netflix and Sky and the amount that they're spending, mm-hmm. like you know, on the likes of Westworld and like the budgets are just incredible. It has to be a bubble. But I wonder, I often wonder, will is that, because there's just so much choice and I think there's like Netflix fatigue where people are just kind of tired of uh, looking at a menu and trying to find something and I, fa- I find that some people aren't going back to the cinema now. Mm. They just go and then They'll find whatever's on. They'll they'll pick something that's on. Kind yeah. Of thing. So it could be you know.
1: You know, I think you know exactly the same. And again, if they can get to it, which is the mm. sad thing, you know, a lot yeah. of people just don't have access to. Yeah. I suppose the non. Um, studio type project, yeah. you know, particularly, you know, in, in rural areas yeah. or smaller towns where they, you know, mm. they may only have children's films and, and, you know, the action hero films available to them, yeah. but they still go and see them, which is, you know, hugely positive. Yeah. But it, it's brilliant to see the appetite for, for particularly Irish content now and for, there was a huge thing of trying to get people to go and see Irish film, you know, it was always a, you know. Yeah. You know yeah. yourself, like you would yeah. say something and everyone just go, It's crap. Yeah. yeah. And and that that's gone. I do yeah. think that the the brand Ireland and yeah. brand Irish film has yeah. changed in people's mindset. Yeah. And I think they're they're proud of it now and they want yeah. to go and see it and they they think it's of quality, you know. Yeah. You know, which is a testament to like the great filmmakers that have emerged over, you know, yeah. that were there before and have emerged in the last decade or so as well you've got people like certainly like peter Foote who i mentioned or yeah. you know carmel winters or uh, john butler you know all kind of you know who are making their third fourth films and you would hope will yeah. grow in the way that you know someone like lenny who's abramson yeah. who's kind of amazing yeah you know so so it's 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 really exciting and again the other thing that you have to remember sometimes is or, and i may be wrong in this is that we're still kind of Maybe crawling, maybe walking stage. Mm-hmm. At this stage, yeah. I mean, the industry here is, as an industry, is not that old. You yeah. know, we don't have a history of film in the way that other industries do, like yeah. you know in Europe, particularly yeah. like the Germans France or the Italians or, yeah, or the yeah, French. Yeah, yeah. So we're learning and we're growing at, yeah. at an exponential rate, actually. Yeah. yeah. But um, the idea that Irish filmmakers are now on the world stage and yeah. you know sit alongside others is,
0: yeah.
1: And I, I always kind of think as well, like I don't know. If you know our tradition, our cultural tradition is probably one that comes from. It's a, it's an oral tradition. It's, it's great artists were, were poets and writers and theatre writers and screen. You know, they weren't necessarily visual storytellers. You know, like the art, like that side visual arts was kind of yeah. slower to come through. You know, there were some wonderful painters, but it wasn't as prolific or architects. So yeah. we're learning the visual side of storytelling. You know, yeah. our experience of and understanding of storytelling was always that kind of shared. Yeah conversation or that written word Yeah. so we're now at the point where we're marrying both which I think is kind of exciting you know
0: yeah and you kind of touched on it there and I think the film board have done a great job of you know trying to get to the four corners of Ireland mm-hmm. but, um, is that a challenge you know because are, are so many of our writers based in Dublin and how do you kind of how do you try and not just go down the Dublin route kind of thing
1: I mean I think I mean, particularly probably when the recession hit, you know, mm. the cost of production, you know, and it's not just, you know, the, obviously the main broadcaster is based there, you know, the hub of activity is there, Ardmore was there, mm. and it was the sole studio for quite some time. But it, it, it logistically just made sense that people gravitated towards there. But you have to remember, like, the film board was set up in Galway. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest, um, you know, I outputs of of quality indigenous drama, I would argue yeah. is tichi Yeah. um so you know th- there is i think that is coming back that you can live and and, and crews by their nature are transient they yeah. they live anywhere and travel to where the projects are
0: yeah
1: um but like you look at some 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 writers now, I mean yes, there is a proliferation of people you know on the east coast, but if you look at even you know the literary circuit. You know, some of the new and emerging voices are all coming from, you know, like the likes of Mayo. You've got Colin Barrett, you've got Sally Rooney, you've got someone like Lisa McInerney, who's based in Gort. Kevin Barry, I think, lives up in Sligo. So some of the greatest voices are yeah. coming. But I think there's a there's a switch back to the to rural again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we were just telling urban stories. I think you know we're now mm. go, looking back to, yeah. to to more rural set that stories and. and um, but it is a challenge. I mean, it yeah. always is going to be a challenge to ensure that there is a, um, a balance of activity across the region. I mean, I think something like Troy mm-hmm. is having a huge impact as well in Limerick. Yeah. Um, and they're training up crews. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, once you start that kind of training, then yeah. people's skill set grows and their ability to move up the grades grows. And, yeah. you know, you know, one day you're directing second unit and the next day you could be directing your own film, you know? yeah.
0: yeah. So yeah.
1: I think... There was an, a natural tendency with the recession and when things kind of, kind of collapsed in themselves, that it became very you know Dublin centric or focused. But I think that's hopefully changing now, yeah. and people are looking back out to the regions again for variation as well. You know, yeah. we don't want to see you know drone shots of you know, the convention centre, as lovely yeah, as it yeah, is, yeah. Um, and in, in every, in yeah. every you know, kind of opening yeah. and closing sequence. I think, you yeah. know, there's amazing locations all across the country that yeah. haven't really been shown on screen, yeah. big or small. Um, so you look, people are looking for variety as yeah. well, you know.
0: And county councils are kind of catching on as well. You've got mm-hmm. carry Film uh, Offley, which is great as well, cause it's kind of spreading mm-hmm. and, you know, Uh, it's kind of getting the localities kind of behind and seeing, you know, Mm -hmm. counties, seeing the potential in trying to attract film crews and that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been the subject of kind of pretty much every report going in the last, it's report season at the moment, but, you know, there would have been the action plan for jobs. There would have been, um, you know, Creative Ireland, you you know, the fourth pillar in that, which was, you know, focus on the, the, the AV sector, and yeah. um, you know the Olsberg report has just come out as well. Yeah. Again, putting a huge focus back on job creation and development, and regionalism is you know a key, a key thing in all of those reports. You know that it is that they move outside of the kind of it becomes less metro centri- centric. Yeah. Um, and you know there's lots of agencies who are looking to kind of grow the sector as well and support the sector outside of of, of Dublin.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's great that's a good time to jump mm-hmm. into rap um so mm-hmm. yeah if you could tell us about uh the rap fund
1: yeah, so the rap fund is quite an amazing initiative actually, and it's the coming together of, of of ten different stakeholders so the the initiative was the brainchild actually of Celine Curtin and Declan Gibbons who was who was the former manager of the Galway film center um and I believe when Goy became the UNESCO one of the eight UNESCO cities of film. You know, part of their 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 ambition was to, to, to have a regional fund. I mean, I think it's been a, an ambition for a long time. And you know, Declan wrote this quite amazing report to kind of you know about a feasibility study around it. Um, and from there, they managed to bring together, you know, this initiative which is again the Goya Film Centre and the Western Development Commission who are putting up a significant investment of €2 million directly into the sector. And it's also supported by you know eight local authorities. So, okay. you know, you've got all the local authorities from Clare, Donegal, Mayo, Galway City, Galway County, Roscommon and Sligo, and also again Uí Okay.
0: Um,
1: which brings a very interesting slant in terms of you know um, looking at things like diversity in language, um, and language, and rural communities. So yeah, it's the coming together of 10 different bodies across the west of Ireland to put together a regional fund which is focused on supporting um, and incentivising production in the west of Ireland across the six counties, um, from Donegal right down to Clare. So the ambition of the fund is obviously to generate significant economic, have a significant economic impact and, and generate you know sustainable jobs for crews based here. It is a commercial fund as well, so you're looking for projects that have potential to return the investment. And um, the idea is that the fund would at least try and wash its face and recoup its investment over the years. So it's a three-year pilot right now, mm-hmm. um, in the hope that it would continue on beyond that and would grow with that. Um, so so yeah, it's it's projects that have you know economic impact, you know create opportunities for local talent, um, that there's potential for return perhaps you know particularly in TV that there would be potential that they would become return you know I'd love to find the next Moon Boy um, or or you look at the success of again things like the Young Fender the Derry Girls you know these kind of yeah. regionally based you know yeah. series. Um, so, so that's that's what it's about it's it's again we're a region within a region yeah. but you know over the next three years we hope to kind of support you know three to five productions a year and yeah. um, we've also just announced our development funding scheme yeah. so we want to you know support regionally based producers to develop their slates and um, looking mm-hmm. towards the future and again it's yeah. all the idea around sustainability um, we're in talks with a couple of interesting other stakeholders to kind of come up with partnerships, yeah. um, or again around development,
0: yeah.
1: um, and coming up with some schemes that will, again, engender more content creation here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's you know we're really ambitious with it, yeah. um, and again, it's hopefully going to benefit the region as yeah. a whole. You know,
0: yeah. and. Are there examples? Do you look at any examples of this kind of fund, or you know, that you've seen?
1: I mean, when they initially started you researching the fund, they looked to Screen Yorkshire. Okay. Um, now Screen Yorkshire is set up slightly differently in in, in what they do, um, but that would have been the model in which they kind of based um, the wrap fund on. Okay. And again, I mean, they're making kind of amazing stuff. Yeah. You know, they would have been home for things like Peaky Blinders. Right. So you know, they're they're a as a small region within a bigger region, yeah. I suppose you yeah. know, in the UK, um, and some of their funding comes from Europe as well. Okay. So that would have been the kind of initial um, thought process behind the RAP fund. Yeah.
0: And uh, do you have a deadline coming up? Soon?
1: We do. So the, div- I mean, production funding you can talk to us at any stage. Right. So yeah. I just, I would encourage people if they have a project that can undertake a portion of its production yeah. here in the west of Ireland um, to talk to me early and then I can advise them as to when they should apply. I mean, it's kind of a rolling deadline yeah. and we try and get decisions out within a kind of six to eight week period. Okay. Um, and then with development, we have a deadline. So the next deadline is the 12th of October, Friday the 12th of October.
0: Okay. So. And it's from drama or yeah
1: yeah. so it's open I mean it's quite a wide remit so we're open to film, television, drama um, animation and games which is um, something that I'm upskilling on you know at a rate of knots but I'm I'm really lucky in that the, the new manager of the Golden Film Centre is, is a, a guy called Alan Duggan yeah. and Alan comes from a games and technology background, he ran a successful company here called Tribal City, I think Interactive for, for a number of years, so he is an expert in that field and has been I've been his apprentice, his pad okay. one for a while kind yeah. of learning learning the craft so yeah. we're the only fund at the moment in Ireland that is open to, to games okay. and I potentially see it as being a real yeah. growth area yeah. in the west of Ireland you know there's kind of probably eight to ten small companies here that are developing content. Yeah. Um, you know, interactive content or content aimed at the games industry. Um, so looking to kind of support and grow that, yeah. um, it's kind of quite exciting, actually. Um, so, so, yeah, we're the only um, funder that is open to the, to the games sector at the moment.
0: And for writers, say, mm-hmm. who would be primarily be screenwriters, mm-hmm. do you think those skills are transferable? Is it something that, if they're interested in games or what do you think they do they need to be in the games or what do you think?
1: I think it's a mixture. Again, you know, there's two sides to games, you know, as I'm learning, you know, there's obviously the the creative side and the world side and then there's the tech side of it. Um, So but again I mean like this film centre have just run a course for, for screenwriters on, yeah. on writing for yeah. games and you know they had to turn people away so right. it certainly seems to be an area that you can transition
0: yeah. back
1: and forth in yeah. and it certainly seems to be an area of real growth as well yeah. and real potential um, as to whether you kind of have to play games or not to get it I would assume you need to have some knowledge yeah, yeah. of games <laughs> yeah. um, and, and the world of games yeah. uh, to, to kind of be into it yeah. and to enjoy it you yeah. know and yeah, yeah. um, but yeah, it's it's an area again that, it, like animation, mm. where you could see it being the next, you know, big big growth area. You know,
0: uh, that's great. Just to finish off, um, if you have any advice for people just generally applying for, uh, you know, application funding applications, if there, general like if there's pitfalls that you see coming mm-hmm. up again, if there's mm-hmm. any advice that you'd have,
1: mm-hmm. I, I would say you know. Read the guidelines. As yeah. boring as that might seem, yeah. the clue is always in the guidelines. Yeah. You know that the the, uh, the giveaways are always there. The keyword searches are always there. So do read the guidelines. You know, as, as I said, the other thing I always say to people is, please don't send in the first thing that comes off the printer. Take a little bit of time to 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 work on your treatments. Work on on your screenplay. You know,
0: yeah.
1: which you know is kind of counterintuitive in a way because you could say, well, I'm applying for development in order to be able to do that. But I would say, you know, you can tell when something has been rushed or has come okay. off the printer very, you know, yeah. it's the first print and send. Yeah. And again, I think that's a lot of it is to do with deadlines. You know, people see a deadline and it's like red rag to a bowl and, and they just run straight at it. Yeah. The deadlines will come up again. Yeah. You know, they come up every year. Yeah. Um, I would say your notes are, are important and try to put some personality into your notes if you can. I mean, particularly for film visual storytelling is important um and it's something that is often and again it's easy to say these things and it's a lot harder to apply to apply them but anything that has a kind of a visual narrative for want of a better phrase um yeah. automatically jumps off the page as well um and i think you know a lot of it is about finding the people that you want to work with as well it's it's no accident that you know certain directors and producers work together again and again you know it's yeah. like Again, I'm going to shoot myself for saying this, but find your tribe. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and, and you know. I would say the other thing is like consume as much as you can. I mean, the worst thing you can do is kind of put in a bad comp title in it. You know, because it's an automatically a reason for somebody to go. This person doesn't know what they're talking about. You know, yeah. so yeah. so you're putting you know projects in that you know you're comparing your project maybe to you know the Born Unto Me and which yeah. had, you know studio budget and. You're kind of going on. You want to make your film for how much? You, yeah. you know, so yeah, like, yeah. What like in a way. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, consume stuff as well. See what's out there. You know, yeah. and and um, just be clear, be concise. You know, yeah. be to the point as well. You know, entertain your reader. Yeah. I the other thing is like, put yourself in in the assessor's position in a way and answer any questions that you think are going to come up. Yeah. You know, yeah. just answer the questions for people as, as, don't leave any questions unanswered in this mission. Yeah. That's the worst thing you can do, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's another reason to say no to something when you're looking at 50 or 60 projects at a time,
0: you know. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I think that's, there's loads, loads in there. So thanks, Amelia.
1: Thank you.